welcome back to Since Nobody Asked. I'm Megan Kevany, and uh, happy Spicy Wednesday. I'm going to open this up with a little mental wellness update. I'm unfucking well, and it's fine. Like, everything is fine, but I fucking cracked last week, if I'm being totally honest. I have some shit going on in my life right now that uh, I don't mean to be really vague about, but when the timing is more appropriate, I actually look forward to normalizing a conversation around what's going on. Um, cause I think it's something that is dealt with on a much bigger level than we all really know. And I want to kind of bring some things to light, but for right now, I'm just really kind of crumbling a little bit, but life goes on and I really am okay. I kind of addressed it on social media and then I got embarrassed because like a lot of people were like, wait, are you like, okay. And I was like, okay, wait, I wasn't like trying to cause alarm. But, and it was very, I felt very, it was sweet how many people asked if I'm okay, but I was like not trying to garner attention. I just wanted to be real that I was like, yo, I'm fucking not grapes right now. (laughs) But, um, I'm back. We're doing two episodes a month for the time being until I get some shit kind of, uh, together here. So I'm going to open up with an idea that I have that I don't, I can't decide if I like it or not, but I feel like I like it. So, okay. I had two girlfriends over last night because I was trying to deal with some clutter in my apartment because literally if I had a friend who had six jobs last year, two of them were at different restaurants. One was in Wisconsin. One was in Illinois and she started a business and she lost a tax form for her school loans and then also filed for unemployment and has tax forms for that. I would rather help that friend with her taxes than go through my fucking clutter pile of things I need. I should sell on Poshmark. Like that's where I'm at with these boxes. They're the bane of my existence. And I just look at it and I'm like, okay, literally, If someone could just come in, give me an estimate, like, hey, you could make like $1,200 on these two boxes. I'd be like, fucking, okay, I'll go to the post office 23 times. But if it's only going to be like $200, like, I mean, listen, I'm not above $200, but I just wish someone could tell me how worth it it would be because it just seems like so much effort. I see girls put stuff on Poshmark all the time, and I don't know how you guys have the strength to do this because it seems like so much effort for really not a big return. Anyways, if someone wants to slide my DMs and really coach me through this, that would be great. Let me know. So I had a couple girlfriends over because I was like, listen, I have to go through these piles and just decide which clothes I'm going to get rid of and which clothes I need to either. I'm like, okay, do I donate it? Figure out the Poshmark nightmare or keep it for six more years. Ding, 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 ding. Keep it for six more years. That's always the answer. And I wanted someone to sit with me through this misery. So we're chatting because I'm trying to set one of them up with one of my guy friends. And the other girl was like, well, do you have anyone for me? And I was like, I mean, not really, bitch. Like, (laughs) I don't think so. So I proposed to her this idea that I've always had that I don't know if it makes sense. But I'm going to go to my dating app world. And she's going to go to her dating app world. And we're both going to cherry pick a guy to be like, hey, let's go on a double date with us and then the two guys that we both pick. So they will be strangers, but we will not. So it's a double date for us. But to them, it's like this kind of strange but novel idea of just like a 
fun group date that we picked and they had nothing to do with. Yeah, as I as I talk this out, I see that I'm on the advantageous side of the date because I'm with a friend and that's fun. But I don't know. I just am kind of over going on first dates and I am trying so hard to be like, I really need to put myself out there, but I'm just like, Bleh. and I'm bored. So I want to shake things up a little bit. I keep trying to put myself in a guy's position. I'm like, okay, if a guy asks me to do that, like, Hey, me and my buddy are going to both grab girls from apps and go meet here. Do you want to come? I, I feel like I would be down, but also if I like depend, we would depend on where we're going. And if I felt safe and like all this stuff, like there's definitely other factors that are involved, but I don't know. It just seems like a, an interesting way to shake things up because you just, I feel more myself in a group on first dates. Sometimes, especially if I'm not drinking that much, I'm like, what should we talk about? Like I just get a little weird. So I'm more natural. I selfishly just really want group environments. Like I actually really fantasize about holding an event. Like, okay, if I were to make this podcast big enough that I maybe had like notoriety in Chicago or something, like, can you imagine? And was able to like partner with Bumble or Hinge or like some big brand here and like, oh, we're all hosting it together. And it's this thing, obviously post COVID world, you know, back to when everything's normal, but just an event where if you're single, you come and you, okay. Like remember stoplight parties in college? <laughs> like it was like where red, if you're single, like no stop, no thank you, no please. Uh, yellow, if you're in something, but it's a little complicated, maybe you're open to meeting someone new and green. If you're like, I'm single, what's up? And so this event could be, green cups or whatever wear green or green cups if you are really open to meeting someone and you're like hey I'm really in a place where I'm looking for a relationship and I'm open to meeting someone special so a little bit on the vulnerable side and then yellow could be like okay sure I'm here I'm gonna have a nice time but nothing serious but maybe but whatever and red could be <coughs> I'm here to fuck <laughs> And that's an option. Um, and then there could be people who could go and wear blue because they're like, uh, I'm in a committed relationship. Thank you so much. But I'm here for moral support for my friend who is wearing green and is nervous <laughs> because that just sounds like a fun environment. And I think the problem with apps is not novel to say this, but it's just so easy to have a conversation when you are strung out on your couch after eating an entire like family size box of mac and cheese and you're wearing sweatpants that are starting to get a little tight and you're like, okay, <laughs> I can make conversation with this person. But then actually meeting them, you're like, oh, oh my God, that's a lot. And I think that in groups, you just naturally gravitate towards people and it's so much more natural and you don't have to waste time and do all these weird breakup texts with relationships that aren't even relationships yet. And I don't even think there is a lot of things like that where you can go to a singles event. That sounds so lame, but we would brand it in a way that would not be lame. Working title is since nobody asked me out. <laughs> like if you just happen to be single for whatever reason, uh, you come to the party 
<laughs> or if you're the morals, if you're the emotional support animal of <laughs> the the people who are coming, you get to come and wear blue. We have a little section for you guys. Uh, so this is a little idea that I have. I've always wanted to do something like that. So maybe when the world opens back up, we can see what we can do. So back to the double date idea. I think it's fun. And I, it is Monday now. And we said, let's do this Thursday. We haven't picked guys yet. We just, we both like the idea. We're like, fuck it. That sounds different. So I'm going to do a little poll. Go to at since nobody asked pod on Instagram. Bitch, if you're listening to this, you don't follow me on Instagram. Get your fucking life right. Follow me. Send it to a couple friends. Thank you, Matchley. And um, let's vote. Is this weird? Is it acceptable? Would you do it? I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out how to pose the question. But I, I like this idea and I kind of want to float it out. And you know what else I like? I thought of this guy randomly yesterday who I was like kind of briefly seeing last summer. And I was like, oh, my God, I wonder what he's up to. I really have not thought about him in forever. And he doesn't have Instagram. I have a weird pattern of I keep dating guys who do not have Instagram or have it and have posted like twice. I'm so attracted to that. I don't know. I don't know why. But then you miss that part of the talking and sending each other memes. And like when you send a meme to someone who doesn't even have social media, there's so many like layers. I'm like, you are not even going to understand like any of this. I have to explain six different memes for you to get this one. So like there's pros and cons, but I'm just really attracted to a guy who just has no Instagram right now because when I thought about him, I was like, I wonder what he's up to. And there's fucking no way to check. Like I I just don't know. And I was like, okay. And the pat, the thought just passed. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I wonder if he's like thought of me too. And like, probably not. Cause I haven't heard from him, but there wasn't any like, Oh my God, well, does he watch my stories? And does he vote on my polls to see if I should go on this weird double date idea? Like there's no way of knowing. And that's kind of nice. It feels old school feels like just a thought in the wind and getting over him meant didn't mean nothing, but it was just, well, it didn't. Okay. I was seeing him for like two months and every time we'd hung out, like towards the end of it, I was like, I just feel like that was kind of like a blah hangout. Like that was fine. Like I went over to his place one night to watch a movie and we really did watch the movie. Thank you so much. We weren't just like ur -ee, ur -ee, listening to a movie. Um, <laughs> and then I left at like 10 o'clock. He like kissed me as I left. And like, that was it. And I was riding a bike back to my place and I had had like a glass or two of wine and it was just like vibey out. The, the weather was great. I was listening to I'm pretty sure I was listening to Tie Me Down by Griffin, one of my favorite songs. And I was just coasting through the moment and thinking like kind of reviewing it in my head. I was like, yeah, I don't really feel like there's much there, but there's not always butterflies when you first meet someone. So I don't know, maybe I'm being too hard on it, but I just feel like it's kind of meh. And then as I'm reviewing that, I run into this guy who <laughs> like I used to always see out. I would run into him socially at bars and clubs and we always had such sexual tension, but nothing ever happened. Like I just would run into him a lot. I remember he tried to kiss me at a concert and for whatever reason, I didn't let him like it was just not the moment. And I was like, not like bye. And then so I ran into him and I hadn't seen him in forever. And I was like, oh, my God, hey. 
and we just walked. Well, I biked right up to him and we were talking and we did that kind of thing where you melt like into each other a little bit when you're talking and you're like, yeah, oh my God, like, how are you? And like, he started touching my arm and I started touching his arm back and we're like, yeah, oh my God. And then truly we probably, I biked up to him. We spoke for maybe 45 seconds, melted into each other. And then I swear to God, my bike in between us, we fell into the most passionate makeout on the street in front of like three restaurants that I've ever had in my life. <laughs> it was magical. And he's like also a douchebag. We should note this. He literally texted me two days later, like, let me know when you want to see me again. And I was like, oh my God. But do not regret the moment. It was so like, wow, I'm prancing through Italy and just happened to be a young woman falling in a moment like it was just very like oh my sound of music oh my god but I say sound of music as if I've ever seen it I have not don't come for me I have no idea if this movie is about letting some guy fill you up in the street who you haven't seen in six months but probably not I don't think that's the plot line but it just felt like a moment that like it felt like the wind I loved it have not seen him since that, but I left the evening being like, you know what? I guess I really wasn't into the guy whose house I just left because that sure did happen like that. I have the loudest snap in the world, by the way. Um, I think I could even make it louder than that. Let's see. That's loud. And I'll be honest, I completely trailed off. I don't remember how we got here. And in the spirit of that, What I was going to do next in this episode is just kind of own that I'm all over the place. I feel really scattered and this episode's a little dicey and all over the place. I do not remember how we even got to where we're talking about now, but I'm just going to own that. Things are a little messy. Texas literally just did not have water or power or, um, electricity wait elect hello that's the same thing water power heat wi-fi like they lost everything for days everyone's life is a little bit upside down for a lot of different reasons like mentally physically um financially things are kind of a mess and i think we can all admit that it's we're at the end of a stress cycle where the stressor is kind of gone um and maybe if you're listening to this you didn't experience any of the texas stuff but you have a stressor that just won't go away. It's not going away for a while. So let's just all kind of be a mess together here. I had an idea that when I feel stuck or when I really feel like I don't even know kind of what to do, I feel lost and I I look down a lot. Like I look down at my feet a lot and I'm just kind of bumbling through getting from one thing to the next like oh my fucking god okay now I have to go do this and every free time in between I'm just scrolling on my phone and I'm like just trying to get through the day and I'm trying to kind of lift myself back up out of it I'm like okay I'm trying to remember that hopefully I will live to be like 106 one day and I will look back at my gorgeous life and this will be such a blip and remember that I'm a soul encountering a life and I'm a body who's experiencing anxiety um, and just to kind of treat myself well because it's not about what stresses you out it's not about the thing it's about your relationship to the thing and I also read this other quote that said um, the things we fear most have already happened to us and I love that because sure like there are things in our lives that are going to happen to us that 
have not yet. But most of the things that we really sit and ruminate about are things that have already happened, but we're making them worse in our head. And just your relationship to that thing is what pinballs you around. So something that helps me get out of my stuckness is remembering, like facing mistakes. Like when I, when I got fired in November, which is a story I'm honestly on the brink of telling, um, (laughs) not this episode, but that's coming soon. It's a whole story, but I was scared of being fired leading up to it. I was like, I said to my therapist, I was like, I'm going to be fired. Like, I, I, I really think I'm going to get fired. And then when it was happening, I was like, holy shit, I'm being fired. Like I couldn't, it was surreal. It's not like I couldn't believe it. Cause I was like, well, yeah, I can believe it. But it was very, a surreal moment. And I was very humbled all day long as I kind of scrambled to figure my life out. Like, oh my God, am I going to be okay? And like, luckily I was able to figure some stuff out, but it was, I went to bed that night peacefully and like I was calm because I strung a bunch of shit together and my life did not fall apart. And, you know, I'm proud of that. But I think that really facing the things that we build up in our heads, um, it sobers us. It, it makes you realize like, oh, okay, this is actually the worst thing I thought could happen, but I'm still breathing and I'm still alive and that's grapes. So I just put a poll or a question or whatever it is on Instagram asking everyone to share something that felt like a big fuck up and that you laugh at now. And I'm just going to spout these off for pretty much the rest of the episode. Let's just go through a dance of so many things that feel like failures and it helps me a lot to just laugh at things. And even if I can't laugh at it, I'm like, wow, wait, I really thought that was the end of my life. Like, for instance, someone said one of the things that stuck out to me um, the most, one of the submissions so far was not getting into a certain sorority in college. I literally, I've almost, I almost never talk about this, but when I went to Arkansas, I transferred there halfway through my freshman year. And so I went through Rush my sophomore year and I was a little bit of an awkward duckling in college. I was kind of socially awkward, like most of college. And I went through Rush and I just was very nervous and I don't even know what I did wrong to be totally honest, but oh, well, (laughs) okay. I forgot. I partied really hard the first semester that I was there. Like I was there the spring semester and I really went after it. And then I rushed that fall. So I think I maybe got like a bad party reputation to be honest. I don't know. I still don't know. I wonder sometimes like what it was, but I went through rush and the first round I never oversleep things, which is kind of surprising because I have kind of a, an all over the place personality, but I really rarely oversleep an alarm or am I'm late to things because of like who I am, not because I oversleep, but I overslept on day two of rush and just couldn't even believe it. I was like, Oh my God, wait, what? Like the, uh, my rush counselor, whoever it was who was guiding me through rush was calling me and she's like, Hey, are you here yet? Are you here yet? And I, out of the nine sorority houses, I was like, Oh my God, have I missed any? Like, how many invitations did I get to come back? And she was like, you got one. And I was like, wait, what? Literally one house asked me back. 
And I just did not want to be in that house. And I'm sure so many girls are going to come in my DMs like, you should have gone. I was just crushed that eight houses absolutely didn't even want me back for the second round. Like, I actually don't think at that point in my life I had cried that hard because <laughs> I it just felt like such an a concrete rejection. And I had gone to Arkansas as a really big Greek school. And I was like, Oh my God, am I a fucking loser? Like what is wrong with me? And I like never even really talk about it because I was so embarrassed. I'm now far enough away from it that I'm like, who fucking cares? But at the time it was a huge deal. And so now I look back and I'm like, okay, things that felt like so soul crushing when I was in 18 or 19 are not like it took me years to be able to be like, okay, that doesn't matter like at all. And I'm still a person. And so talking about things that used to feel like they would level me helps me get back into the, um, perspective of looking at my life as just this huge, big ribbon stream of ups and downs and, you know, everything in between. So let's go through some of these submissions. Cause I'm fucking dying at some of these. Okay. So <laughs> my friend says, please do not say my name, but mine is getting arrested for stealing from Ulta in high school. <laughs> like I, I will not say her name, but I'm dying and who this person is. Like you would never, ever think. She said, and having my parents have to come pick me up from jail. LOL, LOL. Truly not many people know this. Dying. The next one says, I still have anxiety over minor missteps from middle school. So I'm passing on this cue. Honestly, relatable. Oh my God. I remember one time I, <laughs> in middle school, like I moved from California at the end of sixth grade. And in California, sixth grade was part of elementary school still there. So like I had just finished my last year of elementary school and I moved to Texas. And in Texas, sixth grade was part of middle school. It, I don't know if that's confusing, but I was coming into middle school and they were all a year into middle school stuff. And I was like a fresh meat, like walked in with limited to these round blue glasses that I thought were so cool that me and my dad like picked out at Costco together and everyone had like rectangular glasses and they were all wearing Abercrombie and Fitch and like finger popping each other's assholes already. And I was like, um, what? <laughs> so came in a little scuffled, didn't know how to fit in very much so. And I remember like one of my friends had to explain what a boner was to me. And I was like, wait, like, what? <laughs> it was so outside of my realm of even understanding at the time I felt so behind. So middle school was just a traumatic time for all of us. No one really knew what we were doing. And that meme that came out like a week ago that said like you either dated people in middle school or you're funny now. So I dated no one in middle school. So here we are. Next submission is let an insecure girl intimidate me who I used to work with girl. <laughs> um, same. There was, <laughs> I used to work in hospitality cause that's what my dad does. And so it's all like a very small world. We were both working at two different hotels, but in the same city, like right after I left college and there was this girl on my team and she was like maybe only a year older than me, but just very put together. I was 23 and a fucking mess, maybe 22. I was like a mess at the time. Like I tornadoed through my life, but bitch, was I having a fun time. Wow. 
And she was just incredibly put together. She was dealt with, she was always taking older clients out to dinners and like would entertain clients who were in town. And like, I was like, wait, I like literally wouldn't even know what to talk to a 45 year old businessman about. Like, how does she do this three or four times a week? And she just was like a really intimidating person. And I remember telling my dad, I was like, okay, let's say her name was Aubrey. It was not at all. But I was like, oh my God, dad, this girl Aubrey at work. Like, I feel like shit about myself. Like she's so put together and like, whatever. Like I'm having, I knew I was having fun in my life and stuff, but I really was like, geez, she's like, I feel like she's 30. Um, and so we would talk about her sometimes. And my dad literally called me one day. He's like, Hey, I was at an event at, you know, so-and-so hotel and I ran into Aubrey and he laughed so hard. He's like, <laughs> You should be intimidated by her. She's incredibly put together. He's like, I totally understand why you are. I was like, great. Thanks so much, dad. Appreciate it. <laughs> but so we like laugh about that. And she moved away in some like big dramatic move, like some like moving in with her boyfriend or something. And we all sent her off or whatever. A year later, I was at Chipotle getting lunch and I see her in line and I was like, oh my God. Aubrey like what are you doing here and she's like hey like just getting lunch what are you doing here and I was like bitch in Dallas the fuck like not you think I'm asking what you're doing at Chipotle you hella dramatically moved across the country and I'm asking about that you dumb fucking bitch like so turns out I also let an insecure girl intimidate me who I used to work with was this me did I write this <laughs> um because yeah I still laugh when I look back at that because she I really like would just be so nervous to talk to her and then she did something dumb like that and I was like okay you clearly think so highly of yourself that I now think you are a joke <laughs> so just a couple more to throw out here for us to all listen to and kind of bask in the fact that a lot of the times it feels like everything is the end of the story and it's not. It feels like things are going to level you and you're never going to recover. <laughs> like uh, Joe, whatever the hell, um, I will never financially recover from this. <laughs> Joe Exotic, that guy. Um, you will get over it and you will get through it and something will happen. And if it doesn't fall from the sky, like you will make something happen and it's going to be okay. Um, I feel like all my episodes are like a lot of pep talks right now, but like I said, kind of going through some shit right now. So I hope that's okay with everybody. Just a bunch of pep talks, getting through some stuff. Um, let's go through a couple more submissions here because this just feels good to laugh at things that at those moments felt terrifying and like you just were never going to recover, but we all did. And you know what? I even saw a quote from a therapist that I'll put in the description of this podcast because I just followed her the other day and I really like her account a lot. And I'm all about giving credit where credit is due. Um, allow the hard days to happen without it meaning something about you. You are not lesser from seasons of heartbreak or heartache. You are made whole by them. I do that where I will take something happening in my life. Like I will take that personally. Like, oh my God, why is this happening to me? Like what, like, oh, I must have deserved this somehow. Or I, this is happening because I didn't do this or because I'm not this. And it's like, no, sometimes bad shit just fucking happens. And 
I would even kind of get really into like energies and I really want to talk on here a lot about the difference between ego and soul and like the shadow self and getting all into that kind of stuff, um, which is a little deeper, but I would get very into like the law of attraction can actually be kind of toxic. Like if you think that everything that happens in your life is something you attracted, um, I think it's helpful to some points, you know, to a certain extent, but I remember I was walking through old town here, a neighborhood here in Chicago one day and I was having a great day. I was like chit chatting with my friends on my AirPods, like walking around. And this guy like gave me really weird energy. Like I was like, is this, it, it was like, he had like a, it was really hot out and he had like a hoodie on and like sweat. Like he would looked like, and he kind of had this like shifty dodgy energy. Like I kind of like had my eye on this guy. I was like, okay, what's like, what's up with him? And he came up behind me and spit on my leg. Like, like he, like a massive spit it was disgusting. And I literally was like, wait, why is the back of my leg wet? And I turned around and he was like scurrying away. And I was like, what the fuck? Like it literally threw me off so hard. And I stopped and was like, okay, First of all, that was literally so weird. <laughs> like, I don't understand. And now I feel just really oddly kind of violated. I was like, what? And I was just like trying to shake it off. And then I kept making myself feel bad. I was like, well, like, what did I do to attract such a weird thing that happened to me? Like, is my energy off? And I was like, wait, like what? And it's then I read something, uh, one of these therapy accounts I follow where someone was saying something about like how the law of attraction can be kind of toxic, like toxic positivity. And, um, you do not always, sometimes just weird things happen. You do not always attract weird or bad things that happen to you. Um, would love to dive into that whole thing in another episode, but life can just be hard sometimes. And it's not your fault. Um, sometimes it is your fault. Sometimes you fuck up and you, doesn't mean you deserve to feel like shit and you can learn from things uh, and move on. My little spices, cute. So here's a couple more submissions. Okay, this one kills me because I still think about it. <laughs> but my friend, who I won't say their name, he did Whole30 and like didn't drink at all for 30 days. And then the first night off of Whole30, he blacked out. And me, him, his wife, and my best friend were all in a group chat um, about something like that afternoon. And he, a couple hours later, he went to go send his wife a dick pic saying, come get in the shower, which like, good for y'all sending each other nudes. They've been together for like 10 years. <laughs> I'm like, wow, love this energy for y'all. But he sent it to the group chat. We all saw his penis and he died. <laughs> he said he's still traumatized by it. And I want you to know I did on my own. I know you're listening. I thought of that a week ago and truly laughed out loud by myself thinking about it. So, you know, you just, you can't win them all. Okay. Um, a couple of my lesbian friends on here have said marrying a guy. Uh, <laughs> so that was their fuck up. <laughs> Someone said, uh, getting fired girl story's coming. Uh, we're going to talk about getting fired at some point. Uh, someone else said my divorce definitely felt like I didn't do quote enough. Now I know he was literally just terrible. Yeah. Fuck that guy. I actually remember this girl getting divorced. Fuck that guy. Uh, that sucks that she felt like shit about herself from that. 
Uh, let's see. Totes missed my state exam to become a teacher. Never rescheduled. Now I sell booze. <laughs> she does really well at that too. So fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I could say this or not, but <laughs> what? I mean, yeah, she, I put on there that I would maybe put on the podcast, but one of my friends was a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader and she told them to go fuck themselves basically. Um, it's how she and I became friends. <laughs> <laughs> like she was on the show and some shit went down and they kind of like fucked her over. And like, I actually went up to her at a party like fucking years ago, whenever like seven or eight years ago when this was happening. And I was like, Hey, just so you know, like anyone with a brain knows that that was really bad editing and like you, they did you dirty and I'm so sorry you had to go through that. And she started crying and we became friends and now I'm going to be in her wedding next month. So Love that. <laughs> Someone said moving in with a rando girl. This story is uh, way, way too long to even give on this podcast. But I used to be an apartment locator and I was helping my friend. I was like, hey, you're moving to Dallas. One of my clients is moving to Dallas. Neither of you guys can really afford a one bedroom like where you guys want to live. Why don't y'all just live in a two bedroom together? And I was like, I mean, she's a total random. Like, I don't know this person. She's just a random client that we got um, your call. They live together. And when I say it ended in flames and almost a lawsuit, I actually think legal, legal things happened. Like, it was so bad. This girl was so off her fucking rocker. Um, <laughs> like, so many things went bad. My friend is still, like, scarred from it. Uh, I think that she ended up having to pay, like, a thousand dollars um that the girl never paid like all this stuff that was such a nightmare I will never try and set people up to live together ever again uh but if you you know so many people have had random roommates that they just love and so many people have not (laughs) um someone else said (laughs) getting HPV sure hope you're well hope that uh that's all taken care of um Let's see. I got a worthless degree at a party school and couldn't find a job after. Uh, but I'm an accountant now, a real accountant. <laughs> Good for you, girl. Go get them. Fuck that. Fuck the system. Um, let's see. I'm going to do like one more. <laughs> this one's just so young and light, like <laughs> such a young heart. Um, girlfriend said she wanted a baby or we were breaking up. We were in high school, LOL. We broke up, but my childish dumbass was devastated like an emo kid all summer thinking I made a mistake and lost the one. And you know, he seems like he's doing fine. I don't know this guy, but seems like he's doing, doing all right. <laughs> so we've all recovered for, from some shit. Uh, you know, things always pick back up and if they don't, then kind of wait a little bit longer and they probably will. I want to close out the episode with something that might be a bummer, but I want to make into a tribute. Uh, my grandpa died last week. My dad's dad. He was 94. What a guy. Uh, we called him Michael T. His favorite song was My Way by Frank Sinatra. So do me a favor. Whenever you're queuing up a song on the ones and twos today, throw it on. Give it a listen. He really did do everything his way. He did so many different jobs in his life. He always figured shit out. And my dad is the same way. We always, things always work out and they work out because you make them work out and you just believe that things are going to work out because you're, you're doing it your way. Um, 
he just really did not take shit from fucking anybody. And, you know, here's to doing the exact goddamn thing. Thank you so much for listening to Since Nobody Asked. I'm Megan Kevney, and I do hope you have a great rest of your week.